The Informed Fitness Podcast with Adam Zickerman and co-host Mike Rogers is a presentation of Informed Fitness Studios, a small family of personal training facilities specializing in safe, efficient, high-intensity strength training. On our bi-monthly podcast, Adam and Mike discuss the latest findings in the areas of exercise, nutrition, and recovery with leading experts and scientists. We aim to debunk the popular misconceptions and the urban myths that are so prevalent in the fields of health and fitness, and to replace those sacred cows with scientific-based, up-to-the-minute information on a variety of subjects. We'll cover exercise protocols and techniques, nutrition, sleep, recovery, the role of genetics in the response to exercise, and much more. On this episode, Adam and Mike welcome back biomechanics expert Bill DeSimone to discuss an exercise technique called negative training. You're not proving that negative-only training or positive-negative or no-negative, there's no better or worse. They all work. I think the real value of playing with the negative is it helps you get a little extra mileage out of, out of a given weight. We're back with Bill DeSimone again, biomechanics expert from Cranberry, New Jersey. This show, we're going to talk about something very, very, very negative. Yes, negative. I want to stay positive, but we have to get negative. All right. So again, current events, you know, there have been some books out recently touting the negative portion of weightlifting. For those of you who don't know that, negative is the lowering of the weight when you're, when you're weight training, and, and the positive motion is when you're lifting the weight. So there's a school of thought out there. It's been there for a long time, but it's becoming popular again. And that is that the negative portion of the repetition is actually more beneficial uh, then the positive portion, or if you emphasize negative only type training, that you can get better results, meaning to a lot of people, bigger muscles. And we're going to talk about what's being shown out there, what the truth is, what the science is, if there is any validity to the fact that negatives have some kind of magical benefit, or should we just be doing nice, normal, slow reps, positive and negative, and you know, leaving it at that. So what would you like to say about that, Bill? Funny you should ask, Adam, <laughs> just off the top of my head. I feel like uh, uh, Sam Kinison with my rant. <laughs> Hopefully not as loud. You know, ah! yeah. or, so, or is dead. Uh, beginning of the year, roaming around. Dead? I think he's dead. Yeah, he's, he's kind of dead. Think of a more Actually, recent comic who yells a lot. I don't know. It was tragic, though. Didn't he died like, in a car crash or something? I just, I, I, just went, that? I just went for the cheap <laughs> joke. I, I, wasn't, I don't really know the guy. Anyway... Um, so where were we? Negative where was it? So where was I? After the new year, in a bookstore, looking at the brand new crop of diet and fitness books, mm-hmm. I stumble onto one that I won't name. We can put it. We can put the information in the links. I don't. I'm not looking to make enemies here. So it's predominantly a diet book with a couple of chapters on exercise. The gist of his exercise program is two workouts a week, two 20 second sprints with recovery, sort of like the Martin Gabala type protocols. And the other workout a week is supposed to be a Doug McGuff type protocol, like a big five routine, only negative only, advocating just negative, negative contractions in the workout with the justification that it's more intense. So you have to do it briefer. So it ties into the whole just twice a week for 20 minutes. In addition to that sprint workout, I didn't buy the book. 
And I went to look at look it up online, and sure enough, there is a website. So I'm looking through exercise information on the website, and it's more negative emphasized exercise, but almost reckless, like lifting one dumbbell, a heavy dumbbell over your head, lowering it with one arm for a press or a tricep extension, or doing a one-legged squat, you know, to negative failure, and then switching legs. So it's it, it's really a um, cursory look, really, really superficial look, look at negative training. And then since I signed up for my free report in the following month, I got 30 emails, text messages, and voicemails from the website hawking me to buy stuff. And when I poked around a little bit deeper in the, in the store is where they have the nutraceutical sales that you can get on auto renew. The point of the book wasn't to convey information in a package. The point of the book was to get you hooked into this auto renew of the nutraceuticals. Otherwise, we used to call them supplements. Like info wars. <laughs> yeah. Positive, 10 second positive, 10, 10, second, second, 10 second lift, 10 second lowering. So um, I would not regard that as a good source of negative training information. Sounds pretty negative. Yeah, it was negative. 30 second negative, a 30 second positive, 30 second negative. Yeah. And, and so, and, and according to this study, <laughs> a little eccentric, <laughs> a little eccentric also. <laughs> Well, having our friends, uh, Dr. James Fisher and Steele mm -hmm. uh, and company, uh, do some real research on negative training. Well, I think what, what those guys did was approximately to the same degree. So, the choose, issue, so choose your poison, if you like? Yeah. More specifically, what they did was they compared a normal quote cadence, two seconds up, four seconds down. I, I don't think that you're not proving that negative only training or positive negative or no negative – there's no better or worse with a uh, super slow cadence, 10 seconds up, 10 seconds down. So and a 10, a 10 second pop. They all work, especially compared to not working out at all. I think, I think the real value of playing with the negative, if you're doing it safely, for instance, like, is it, it helps you get a little extra mileage out of, out of a given weight. So when you start lifting weights and, you, you know, the old Nautilus protocol, you, you do 12 repetitions, you add 5%. Drop down to eight, hit twelve, add five percent. Yeah, that that works for the first year or so of training. But you start training like not like this guy, like forty years or so. He should be. He's pointing at me. He should he's be side raising. He should be side raising like hundred pound dumbbells by this point. And you know, no one side raises hundred pound dumbbells, or how many people bench press three hundred, like that kind of literal progression. If you're training smart, what do you have? Maybe a year. Mm -hmm. But with some of these different wrinkles, like Darden's, for instance, his recent stuff, what it does is it allows you to get a little more effort out of a, a working weight. So the other book that came out, what do you mean a little more. I mean, in other words, the negative kind of you're holding the negative to failure, so you get another ten seconds out of out of a set because you're just holding it. Well, you can manipulate the negative, right? So, for instance, um, uh, Darden's also had a book out in January where he's got a a, a slightly different scheme. 30-second negative, 10 reps, 30-second negative again. What he's done with that is he's tricked you into getting to 90 seconds with a weight. Right. So if you would ordinarily have done 10 repetitions, I can't do 11. And now you add, the, add an increment of weight, but it drops you down to two or three repetitions. Mm -hmm. Or worse, your form gets thrown off. Um, it's prolonging the inroad time a little bit. 
well, you, you know, you're, you're extending the set. You're making right. that given weight harder right. before you go into right form breakdowns. Right. Which is a, a pretty good thing, though. Well, it, spe- especially right. pretty, for pretty, pretty good. <laughs> but Larry it, David just entered the podcast. <laughs> but uh, especially for those of us who've been doing this stuff a long negative. time, <laughs> yeah, it's my contribution. Yeah. I know. But especially for those of us doing this a long time, or if yeah. you have a client you've been training for years, like I said, when that next increment of weight throws their form off. Mm-hmm. It's a way you're still using a weight they can handle safely, mm-hmm. but you can still get more effort out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find myself using uh, with my clients nat- naturally doing some negatives when I raise the weight and it's a little bit more aggressive than I thought it was. And it turns out that you can only get like three reps out of it. So instead of stopping the set and lowering the weight, I have them do some negatives with that weight. Uh, to, again, to get some more inroad and to get some more time under, under load. Uh, but it's not something that I look at as a protocol in and of itself. It's it's more of a, a reaction to to a particular set to help get more time under load. Yes, it's a tool. It's a tool. Yeah, it's that's the same. The word I was looking for it's the same. It's the same muscle whether you're lifting it and lowering it or just lowering it or any combination. Like you're always going to be, well, you're always going to be quote stronger lowering than lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you whether you do extra negative training or not, that's just the way muscles work. Yes, but you're not stronger. It takes less energy to release a contraction than to create one. Mm-hmm. Correct. So that's why Darden's original protocol two or Jones two seconds up, four seconds down. Mm-hmm. That's why you can hit failure at ten, and if somebody helps you do a couple of more reps, you can continue lowering for two or three more. But, but you can't lift. Right? But you can't lift it. That's right. I think that what Darden has done in his last couple of books, instead of um, new wrinkles on old, old material, he's put a lot more attention into manipulating the negative. And in a, in a, in a, each book has a little different system. They're all just, again, they're all just techniques to use. And, and I haven't really spoken to him about, about this, but I'm sure this comes from the, the years of experience he has training himself and clients and realizing you can't always add 5% to the bar. If you guys remember in the, the old super slow technical manual, Hutchins tells the story of training Flanagan in a leg extension machine. You would do a strict set. They'd add weight, keep pushing the failure, keep pushing the failure until they're using a phenomenal amount of weight, but he realized the form had, had deteriorated. So he backed off the weight until he can get good form again, and you end up going back to the original weight. And every time he got to a certain point, the form broke down. And those guys, those guys are pretty instrumental in, in hit. So it's not well, that they didn't understand the protocol. Well, if, that dimin- if that diminishing return didn't actually like sort of exist, then like people who are like eighty would like be lifting four thousand well, pounds right. on a leg press by the time they're eighty. Okay, so <laughs> that's it's right. like there's a certain point where you're kind of hitting your with good form, you know, hitting that maximum. But you know what I like to say? I, mean, I remember, I don't know if you remember this conversation. One of our clients came into my office, and I was with Mike. And she was 60 years old and she's been training with us for like six years, right? Even longer. And she said, you know, Adam, I don't know if this is working anymore. I haven't really gotten much stronger over the last three years. You know, I'm kind of plateaued, you know, even though she's probably 400% stronger than she was when she started, she hasn't increased in the last three years. And I said, congratulations. That's right. You haven't lost either. Right. And she's like, and she was like, like what? And like she couldn't believe I answered that way. Like I, I didn't take it as a negative thing. I said, "Congratulations! You're 60 years old, 
Hey, 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 hey. And you are strong for 60 years old, and you're a lot stronger than you were. And, you know, you haven't lost muscle in the last three years, as you said just now, Bill. And she was like, huh, never thought of it that way before. Because if you if you don't train, normal is to get less dense right. bones and lose muscle. Yeah, I think I right. think what it has to, for people to understand, is to, to really understand that there is an expectation that if you do not do something – you know, an exercise program with lifting, you're going to lose strength over time from 30 on approximately, you know? That's very nice of you. I, yeah. This might be a little there older, but okay. <laughs> that's what I've noticed. I think, I think that's, um, you know, most of the books we have on, ex, you know, pop, pop books on exercise, ultimately they're aimed at beginners who can progress dramatically. Mm -hmm. But you can't, you can't keep it up indefinitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, look at Arnold. You see videos of him working out. He's using lightweights. Right. So, again, you have to get the point across that. Well, see, and this is where the negatives come in too, right? If the person comes in, they do 10 reps with 50 pounds for four years in a row, they may feel they're getting stagnant. Mm -hmm. We know they're not getting weaker, so that's really a, a great Positive. accomplishment. Yeah, right. So now this is where manipulating the negative comes in. Today you're going to do 30 seconds slow, lift 10 reps, mm -hmm. another 30 seconds slow. That's the good news with the study that if it if there really is it, no difference, you can you, do you can variations do, to right. keep engaging. You can play stuff. with it just right. to engage the client because right. again we're in a people business. Right. I see. I, I see negative with the negatives. I, I just thought of one. Well, that's eccentric. But go ahead. I just thought. <laughs> I just thought of one. As we were saying before, you can handle more weight with a negative than you can with a positive. Sometimes people will take a weight that they know they can handle a negative, but they really can't handle in a positive. And I see a danger there. I see that's I would agree with you. Yeah. Throwing a weight up into the positive position and hoping that you can maintain it and control it in a negative position. It's not a necessary it's not a risk that I think is necessary to take because you know you hear, oh negative training, negative training, I can handle more. So let's load up all the weight right now and then throw it into the positive position or lifting it up as fast as we can because there's no way I can lift this kind of weight, but I can lower it slowly or as slow as I can. And they try to see how slowly they can they can handle the negative. And sometimes they overestimate how much weight they can handle on negative, and you can get really hurt. I can see that happening. See, and this is the difference between the first book I mentioned, which leads you there, and Darden's last three books. Darden's a little more methodical in how you do it. That's why he's playing with the time, not with the extra weight. In fact, Darden even says start with 80% of, of the weight you're used to until you get the hang of the pacing. You know, 30 years ago when I wrote about negative training, maybe currently now, it was with the idea of I can bench press 200 pounds, but I can lower 300. And so, you know, they would make um, out of pipe T-handles to put on the ends of the barbell so your partners could lift the extra heavy barbell up for mm -hmm. you as it crushed your yeah. jaw. Yeah. But no, by playing with the timing of the negative – you're still so for instance, if you do 30 seconds down, 30 seconds up, 30 seconds down, that's a minute, you know, a long minute you're spending in a negative as minute, opposed minute to and a half, actually. As what right, as opposed to four seconds in a negative, and now you go back to the positive. Mm -hmm. You know what you describe comes into play though, a conventional barbell squat or barbell bench press. Because you start, you're locked out on both of those exercises. You're locked out with a lot of weight. The mechanically easiest part. Mm -hmm. You start, I got it. You start the lowering, 
I got it. I got it. I don't got it. And now the, Boom, the levers kick crushed. in and yeah. you're crushed. That's right. It reminds me also of the, of the bench pull, the pullover exercise. Oh, pullover. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if we talked about this on another one, but I, I, there was a guy in one of the gyms I was working at doing a dumbbell pullover, lying on his back, dumbbell over his shoulders on a like, bench, uh, over a bench, lowers the dumbbell behind his head, pulls it back up. He walks up to the dumbbell rack, takes a 50 pound dumbbell, lies down, says, nah, too light. Puts the weight back. Comes back with a 75-pound dumbbell. Nah, too light. He's saying too light when it's in, in the when top it's in, position. It's in the, top, it's in the yeah, easy position. He he's lying on his back. He gets a 90-pound dumbbell he go, or a 100-pound. Lies on his back, dumbbell over his shoulders. He goes, yeah, this is right. Lowers the dumbbell over his head and dislocates both, both shoulders. Now, when I told the story around Darden, Darden said, why didn't he start from the floor? Right. And I was like, oh, you know why? Because it's never shown that way in pictures in the muscle magazines. Not only that, but you'd have to like, you're on a bench, so you'd have to, but, but, it's but hard you would, to start from the floor. But, you got to reach all the way back. But you would know, floor. Darden was right. You would know yes, right away yes. it's too heavy. Yes, but it's hard to be in that position. That's why people oh, it's, don't start. It's, that's right. It's but, hard but, to get but, in that awkward position. And it's never, in anyway. the magazines, never depicted that way. Anyway, the thing is though, here we were getting back to negatives. I mean, like negatives have been shown at this point. And, and it makes sense to me because I've never seen any tremendous progress uh, or different progress in all my years training uh, from doing negative only training or working with just negatives or, or emphasizing negatives. You know, again, it's it's a good tool in your toolbox. It's fun to play around with. It adds a little variety. And, and there's something to that to stay motivated through a workout uh, over the years. But but to start getting into these dangerous levels, and, and that's, that's the fear I always have, you know, the fear I have is you have somebody like a Darden or you have people that have these esoteric conversations about negatives and the benefits of them and the subtle benefits of them. And all of a sudden it becomes a fad. All of a sudden, you know, they take this out of context, this negative idea out of context. And next thing you know, negatives are, are the best thing since sliced bread. So uninformed people that are just picking up on a, on a trend are starting to do all this negative only training, not understanding, you know, the dangers that they're going into uh, about this. And they're not really realizing that it's just not that much better, if at all, from conventional training. They think there's some magic to it, and they really start emphasizing the, 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 these, this uh, protocol. And again, more often than not, people are getting hurt or disillusioned, at the very least, by, by all this stuff. And, um, and that's why we're doing these podcasts, I guess, to kind of- I was going to say, that's why, we, <laughs> that's why we work the way we work. this information. <laughs> Uh, I just, I just wish uh, more people picked up on this. And uh, I mean, there needs. I mean, uh, Bill, I don't know. Maybe you're the man to do it. Like, a, I mean, a, pardon the expression, but like a for dummies version of this information. You know what I'm saying? He has it actually. There's a good chance, that, good opportunity to plug his book. Isn't this book that you just get handed to me? Is it more for a trainer? Well, that's that's about six, seven years old now. Yeah, you know, I keep I keep lying in fear. I go to the bookstore that you know Jillian Michaels or whoever the fitness star of today is going to come up with joint friendly fitness before I get to it, and uh, I've been afraid of that for five years now, and still hasn't happened. So I really got to finish it. <laughs> you know what? Because I don't know. I don't think people care. It, it, again, exercise is a lifestyle, and this isn't sexy. You know, doing an exercise the right way, biomechanically right. this way, and you don't have to do any of the other ways. I mean, so like over, right away, people's uh, skepticism just kicks in when they say, how is that possible that one way of doing a bicep curl, one way of doing a chest press, one way of is working enough. my glutes is, is enough, enough yeah. you know? And so so as much as, as, as the research and the science kind of shows no differences between all these crazy protocols, we still 
in our minds want to believe, I guess, that that how is that true? It can't be true. It just can't be true that all you have to do is these five compound exercises, uh, a la Doug McGuff and his big five exercises, or just a set of push-ups and pull-ups, you know, three times a week, uh, is enough to keep you strong and flexible. And, you know, it, it, it's too hard to believe. So I don't think you have to worry about uh, what's on Jillian Michaels uh, stealing your Well, that's idea. a little dated reference now. <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting kind of worked up, isn't he? Yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah, just something, you know, one thing sets me off, man. <laughs> Don't set me off. You know what grinds my gears? What, Adam? <laughs> Family guy reference. Got it. What else? So anyway, so um, oh, anyway, yeah. in the negative, oh, so in the negative training, so part of what I think prompted Darden to look into this was the X-Force equipment, which is... Uh, now we're going to plug X Force equipment. Well, it, it doesn't matter because it's only in it's only in Philadelphia. The nearest place here is Philadelphia, and what they do is they mechanically tilt the weight stack so that when you lift, the weight stack is going on the, up the inclined plane, and then when you lower it, the weight stack swings up, and now you're lowering the full weight of the of the. Right. So, in layman's terms, what he just said was this: they have these machines now that. Because we understand that you can lift more weight in the positive motion, the lifting motion, than you can in the lowering motion. I mean, vi- vice versa. versa. I'm sorry, sorry. Just because you can lift more weight on the negative portion versus the uh, lifting portion, what this machine actually does is when you lift the weight, it's a certain weight. And then when you're coming down, it actually increases it by 20 30%, which is exactly the strength differential between the positive and the negative for most muscle groups. So it actually makes naturally the negative harder so it's a very balanced resistance through a full range of motion and again it's just a really nice way of working out and 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 getting a more efficient way uh, of working but it's not it's not something i would necessarily call negative type training it's just compensating for the fact that our in our negatives we are stronger so the weight adjusts for that it's no different from the cams on machines that that make the weight lighter during our weak positions and makes the weight heavier in our stronger positions just dynamically making the rate weight appropriate for the for the it's it's a great concept it's a it's a brilliant machine i've heard a lot about it you've you've used them and you love them bill you know uh but for the cost you know well if i had access if i had easy access to them i'd use them Sure, it sure. Big, but that, but it, that's it. It's really neat. Yeah, you they know, only yeah. exist in Philadelphia, Florida, Florida, yeah, Philadelphia. But, but how much is each machine? Like fifteen grand. Uh, I think per I think it's about you know five times what I spent on Nautilus Nitro. So well, well, so I that? think I think yeah I think about fifteen, twelve, fifteen or so a machine. per machine. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, it's so if you as can, a businessman, <laughs> as a businessman, you're saying to yourself, you know, how do you get your return on your investment? I mean, in New York City here, I probably can get away with it. But mo- most locations Possibly. probably could not afford a 150000 setup for personal training. Well, where I am, I couldn't raise my rates five times to compensate for the, the increased cost of the equipment. Anyway, so but so. but it's a great machine. I've heard I I want to go down to Philly and start using the machine that just, just to experience that. But you know, the thing is this: it's it's emphasizing negative. So you don't have those machines. You, you lower the weight a little bit, and and you figure out a way of getting ninety seconds of failure sets. And, and because the negative is not thirty percent heavier each time you do it doesn't mean you can't get a really good workout and get right. really strong because you don't have a machine that actually makes the negatives 30% heavier. It's a beautiful thing when you're when you're 
you know, geeks like us, and, you know, and you understand these things and how cool would it be if the negative just automatically got heavier appropriately. But the bottom line is after we geek out for a while, we realize, you know, we can do the same thing with pretty much any weight that's, that's used correctly. So then I, then I stop my fantasy and I go back to work. <laughs> well, but, and, and, and you said it though, you geek out for a while. It keeps you charged. It keeps you interested in training. Because after yeah. 40 years, 30 years, I mean, I suspect Jones was not writing in 1970s thinking, yeah, 50 years from now, people are still going to train this way. You know, I don't think that was built into the program. Well, you know, maybe well, the same the that. same people were going to train this way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the same guys training this way right now in 1975, 2020, they're going to be those same guys are going to be working out. But what do you mean? But but nothing has really changed. I mean, as far I mean, he probably did think people should be working out the same way 50 years from now because in his mind, you know, biomechanics is biomechanics until the function of the muscles change over time. Uh, the way you approach exercise shouldn't change either. So I don't know. I don't. To get into the head of Martha Jones, first of all, is already you know, well. But more relevant to what we do, though, it's a fine line between keeping clients interested with a little novelty, and anything goes, and completely losing your train of thought. Yeah, there's, and there's a middle ground for sure. Right, and, right. and yes, just because you know, like just because my routines don't change very often, because I know what works for me, and and and. I don't need the variation because, and I don't think of working out as a lifestyle and I don't get bored. I don't care. You know, to me, as I mentioned earlier, exercise is, is, is in the same category as brushing my teeth. You know, I, I do it because I have to do it and I do it as efficiently as possible and I move on with my life. But for those that, that need more motivation, for those that do need variation, I'm all for it. As somebody who runs a business and trains a lot of people, uh, I obviously want to keep their interests. And, and it's more important to keep their interests sometimes and to do a couple inefficient exercises uh, to keep their interests. As long as I'm not putting them in harm's way, I'm all for it. You know, I'm not above that for sure. Mm. So anyway, there we have it. Uh, once again, these magic ideas that we have about negatives or things like it, you know, there's nothing magical about it. Uh, it's just work out according to muscle and joint function. There are different variations you can do if things keep things interesting, but uh, basically keep things safe as always. Do it according to muscle and joint function as best as you can and, uh, you know, join a book club. <laughs> <laughs> I can't top that. All right. You got me. We'll, we'll end it there. Thanks, Bill. I Thanks, appreciate Bill. it. Thanks, Bill. As always. This has been the Inform Fitness Podcast with Adam Zickerman. For over 20 years, Inform Fitness has been providing clients of all ages with customized personal training designed to build strength fast. Visit informfitness.com for testimonials, blogs, and videos on the three pillars, exercise, nutrition, and recovery.